Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. It is the summer heat wave, 32 teams in 32 days. Every single fantasy relevant player only with BrotoFantasy.com. Today we are going to Florida to take on the Jaguars. I'm here, Tim Petrov, with my brothers Michael and Jason Petrov. Let's talk some football. Is that a better Jaguar than Tim's Jaguar ending to the last heat wave? That was a Jaguar? You're a Jaguar. Um, (laughs) uh, Don't forget... Check us out on brotofantasy.com. We are pumping out content like crazy. Speaking of content, we look at every single fantasy relevant player every single week, giving you the best start sit advice that you're going to find out here. Yeah, I said it the best. Come see me if you, if you disagree. Um, yeah, so the Broto Fantasy Football Podcast. Also, don't forget to check out patreon.com slash brotofantasy. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a ton of extras, including our access to our Discord. And... Um, a whole bunch of other, and an extra episode. And then for as little as $5, you could actually get into a listener league, um, either with us or um, against other people uh, in that listen to Roto. If you are in search of a league and you are dying to get into a league, uh, check this out. Um, we know a lot of people who love playing in these leagues. So come check it out and be one of those people. Yep. All right, let's get started today with the Jaguars, the offensive outlook. Head coach Doug Marone is the same, but the offensive coordinator changes, and that is Jay Gruden. Now, Jay Gruden did not light the world on fire while he was the Washington Redskins head coach. But if you look at the he talent. He was always decent. Sorry. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> like if, you, if you look at the talent he had to work with, like I can't give you numbers for Jay Gruden that are going to accurately describe the job that Jay Gruden did with Washington. I believe he was an underrated head coach. I believe he kind of got the shit end of the stick for bad GM work. And he took offenses that had no business being successful, and he made them successful. And this is an offense that's going to need to a guy who can make less talent successful because um, this is a team that's on the, down, this, the downturn. Um, they had a little window. That window is now closed. And they are looking like a, one of the favorites in the league for um, the the draft pick, the number one draft pick, the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, as they say. So with that being said, let's get to the quarterback situation. Gardner Minshew came out of nowhere. Everyone's favorite dude last year. Lit the league on fire when he played. Um, now, he was very, very, very up and down. Yep. But when he was up, he was up. Finishes a quarterback one week five. 7, 8, 15, and 17 last season. Um, so he had great games where if you started him, you were very happy, but also bottomed out a few times. He was also kind of played with. He was in, he was out, Nick Foles started, then he started, then Nick Foles, then he started, then Nick Foles started, then he started again. And it was just a bunch of, uh, you know. Malarkey. For, for, yeah, Malarkey. From a, from a, Mike Malarkey? For a late-round quarterback... We are talking about the Jack. Oh, no, Malarkey was on the Titans. <laughs> for a late-round quarterback to be in and out like that is not going to be good for anyone. And he really had a great season considering. So, Jason, Gardner Minshew, um, so, I don't think you're taking him as, you know, your quarterback one. 
right? Mm-hmm. But how do you feel about him? I'm not really taking him. I uh, I don't really get the Gardner Minshew hype. I guess there's some appeal because of the Jay Gruden offense, right? Um, that's where Kirk Cousins made his name in Washington. Real quick, Mike Malarkey, head coach of the Jaguars in 2012. I was right. There you go. Nice. But Kirk Cousins became relevant in Washington with uh, Jay Gruden. And he was always back-end QB1 at best. So I just don't really see the upside for Gardner Minshew considering the fact that everyone was all over him last year. But he was 21st in points per game, and that was with 344 rushing yards. Like, it's hard to be that low in points per game with that many rushing yards. And then if you look at what he did best, it was play action. He was third in the league in play action quarterback rating. But the team was 34th in play actions last season. And we're looking at the same coaches, Marone and Gruden. There's not many weapons outside of DJ Chark. There's LaVisca Chenault, Conley, they brought in Eifert. Who LaVisca Chenault seems to be the the everyone's favorite player on Twitter right now. It's one of those guys where I really do, I, well, I don't know where the hype train started. Well, but I see LaVisca Chenault in some ridiculous predictions. Also, this is his first year in Jacksonville, Jay Gruden. He's been with the Redskins the past five years. So it's not entirely the same. All right, Doug Marone is still there. Is I don't know. I mean, he's going to be streamable week to week. But, like, I'm I'm basing this off of some people who think Gardner Minshew is going to be, like, a top 12 quarterback this year. He's not. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, what we're going to really want to know is how he's going to affect the rest of the guys. So let's go over I to— like, I like Minshew more than you guys. Go ahead, I, Michael. I th- tell us why. I mean, it's just, it's just his rushing floor. Like, we see what rushing could do for quarterbacks, and he's going as QB 28 right now. Like, that's ridiculous. He's not ending as a 28th quarterback. All right, that's ridiculous. All right, I got to say, sometimes I should have checked ADP. Sometimes I get lost in the Twitter sauce, and I just <laughs> realize that, like, there's a lot of idiots on Twitter. So I thought Gardner Minshew was, at the moment right now, going a lot higher than tw- the 28th quarterback. Yeah, if he's I the think- 28th quarterback, then give me all the Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I think he's like a rock-solid QB2 and a QB1 streamer, which if you're being ranked as QB28, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Tannehill 20, Minshew 28. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's ridiculous drafting. That's why you just got to destroy ADP value and win your all leagues, right. bro. Forget what I said. <laughs> Gardner Minshew can uses his legs. He's obviously better than the twenty eighth quarterback. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> AFC South quarterbacks out here getting disrespected. Um, let's go to let's go to the running back situation. Um, Leonard Fournette. Last season we saw Michael something that we did not expect to see out of Leonard Fournette, and that is him catching the ball. One hundred targets was something that we did not expect. Now. He still managed to disappoint in some ways because his touchdown totals were so low, even though he got so much work. So he could have had an amazing season. Instead, he ended up having just a very good season. Um, But now Jay Gruden, we know that he made Chris Thompson a fantasy viable player every time Chris Thompson was on the field. Um, Chris Thompson is now with the Jaguars. So... Do you see Leonard Fournette's passing prowess all of a sudden going down? Um, or do you see that him continuing to build on that? Because we know he's going to get uh, a lot of work on the ground for this team. Um, that groundwork might see a hit because this team is going to be trailing so much. This is one of the worst defenses uh, in the league. So with that 
with that being said, how do you feel about his opportunity this year, and where are you comfortable taking him this year? Uh, it's it's not pretty when you look at the numbers, man. Like the only thing Leonard Fournette has going for him is volume. And like you said, I think Chris Thompson's going to be a big thorn in his side. It's not a coincidence that when Jay Gruden came over, Chris Thompson came over. Chris Thompson made his name in Washington over his last three seasons with uh, in Washington. Chris Thompson averaged over five targets per game. That's a lot of targets. And that's when he was on the field or off the field or both. Because he was getting injured a lot. But every time he get on that field, he was seeing a lot of targets. He averaged 9.5 yards per reception. Leonard Fournette last season had 100 targets and turned that into 522 receiving yards. 6.9 yards per reception. He was 90th in fantasy points per opportunity. His 365 touches. He had 655 touches last season and only 57 evaded tackles. Every single metric tells you Leonard Fournette was one of the worst running backs in the NFL last year. And if that if those receiving numbers go away, he's basically Carlos Hyde. Mm. And he's being drafted in the fourth round. So I used to be cool with Leonard Fournette where he was going. I don't see myself getting much of him unless he's dropping to like the fifth round. Wow. And then it would just be volume based there. Fifth I round. mean, you guys know how I feel about Leonard Fournette. I get hyped every time I see someone take him in the first two rounds, even the third round. I don't want anything to do with him. The Jaguars showed that they do not want this dude on their team. Like, they declined his option, and they were shopping him. He's not getting a long-term deal, and I don't care if that means... Most people will say that means they're going to run him into the ground. Like, no, dude. It means that they don't want him anymore. <laughs> Like, that's what it means. And sure, maybe they'll run him into the ground to try to get the most of him. But they ran him into the ground last season, and he wasn't good. Like, he only scored three touchdowns, and if he scored more touchdowns, he would have been better. That doesn't take away from the fact that he was ridiculously inefficient running and pass catching. And that team is worse this year now, like you guys both said. So they're probably going to have to pass more. Gardner Minshew uses his legs more. Usually running quarterbacks don't throw to the... Uh, running back quite as much as less mobile quarterbacks. I'm just I'm not interested in Leonard Fournette at all. This is another one of those guys where I'll I'll happily let someone else draft him because I don't think he's gonna be any sort of league winner, even if he's very good and I screwed up and he was worth a third round pick. Whatever. You have a good player for your third round pick. I just don't want anything to do with him because I don't think there's any chance that he's this great player. I'd much rather take upside guys like DJ Moore and Allen Robinson in the third round who I think do have potential to next season be drafted in like the top 15 players. It's tough too, because you think the touchdown 15. I mean, if he has another season like this this happened to him, (laughs) say again, when did this happen and why did we let it? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I don't think we had much to do with that. (laughs) Michael is like all aboard the A-Rob train these days. Dude is nice. Uh, I will say this, though. Like, a lot of people for Leonard Fournette, they're expecting touchdown regression. Uh, regression to the mean. And I'm not sure you could bank on that. Because last year in the red zone, this guy touched the ball 43 times. In the uh, Inside the 10, he touched the ball 23 times. That's just on carries. That's a lot. 
He was also targeted in the red zone nine times. It's a lot. It's a lot. And now he got all of his touchdowns there, but the guy was averaging 1.3 yards per carry in the red zone. He car- he averaged less a than a yard. It's not. Averaged less than a yard per carry on the one. I mean, between the one and the ten. I mean, less than a yard per carry on the one would be also bad. But this is between the one and the ten. So it's not like he didn't have opportunity in those places last year. So is it guaranteed that the touchdowns will regress? I think it's likely that they will just because of the law of averages and the fact that he has had goal line success in his career. But last year was not that case. Plus, you have the injury concerns as well. Yes, because last year was his first truly healthy season. Yeah, so you're banking on on volume for a guy who finally was healthy. Like, I don't want to do that. No, not at all. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to have any Leonard Fernand on my team unless he falls to a, a situation where I'm short on running backs and it's the fifth round or the fourth round and I really need a running back. That's that's the only way Leonard Fournette's making his way to my team. Leonard Fournette's one of those guys. You know one of those guys that you just never draft? Mm-hmm. Like one of those guys that you're like, even if you like him that, that year, he's just never on your team. I don't think I've ever owned a share of Leonard Fournette in my life. And I, I, don't, yeah. I don't really see that. I only, I only got him in like a, a trade one time where I traded – Alvin Kamara, actually, for Julio Jones and Leonard Fournette a couple of years ago, I believe it was. It's a big-time trade. Yeah, it ended up going, like working out well for you, right? It was last year, actually, so it ended up working out pretty well because Kamara ended up getting hurt and all that. All right, let's go over to the, um, to the side of the wide, the wide receiver. Um, DJ Chark is one of my favorites right now. Um, DJ Chark, last year, he was injured. He was in a quarterback carousel. It was his second year in the league. He was on a team that wasn't good. He was the only, really the only pass-catching option on the whole squad. And yet, he finished as the wide receiver uh, 23, I believe. I I had this up right now, and it just went away. Uh, Do any of you guys know where he finished? Do you have that information in front of you? He ended as wide receiver at 14. Okay, so wide receiver 14. Uh, And somehow he's being drafted at wide receiver 28, if I'm not mistaken right now. Now, this is 24 is what I have. What are you looking at, kid? I I don't know. I'm not looking at at the right thing. Oh, you're just trying to use your your memory? You're trying to use your memory, Tim? I know. I I have the numbers here, but I just like that doesn't look right. I think I looked at this particular one up like a couple weeks ago, and he's moved up since then. But either way, you're drafting him like we – we preach here, do not draft players at their ceiling. This is drafting him at his floor, where he's going right now. And I think that he's one of the better values in all of fantasy right now. Yeah. Tell me why I'm right, because I know you, you, you agree. Yeah, I, I'm not going to disagree with you here. Chark was on pace to be the overall wide receiver seven last season before he got hurt a little bit and struggled. He played through it, but he struggled and with the unstable QB position, where it went from Minshew to Foles, then back to Minshew while he was building a rapport with Minshew. And this was a sophomore season where he hardly had any impact as a rookie, right? But he made that huge sophomore jump. The dude's 6'3", 200 pounds. He runs a 4'3", 440. He could literally jump over anyone in the NFL. He didn't drop a single pass last season. Not a single pass as a sophomore where he caught 73 balls and put up over 1,000 yards and 8 touchdowns throwing 
these these crazy passes from Gardner Minshew. Jay Gruden, yeah, Jay Gruden has already said DJ Chark is going to be used wow. all around the field. Like he literally said that he's not just going to be lined up on the outside. They're going to get him in space. He ended as a wide receiver of 14 as a sophomore, was 11th in points per game, so even better, was 20th in true target value, so a little lower there, but still he overperformed that, and his current ADP is wide receiver 24. Like I like to say when things are this obvious, fantasy football doesn't have to be hard. Like, just choose DJ Chark as his current ADP, and it's going to be a premium pick. Like, he's going to surpass that ADP as long as he stays healthy. Like, it doesn't make any sense not grabbing him at wide receiver 24. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, there might be some inconsistencies because Gardner Minshew is his quarterback, but inconsistencies are a part of the game. He's also going to have some monster performances. For me personally, I'm not trusting a secondary option on this team um, at the wide receiver position. Do you guys feel a different way about anyone else? So I wanted to get into this a little bit because D.D. Westbrook's current ADP, wide receiver 69, and Chris Conley, wide receiver 90. And I just wanted to talk about these guys because that's just mind-boggling to me. Because look, D.D. Westbrook played 74% of the snaps last year, 75% of the time he came out of the slot. The dude saw the dude saw 101 targets, turned that into 66 receptions, 660 yards, and three touchdowns. Not very good for 101 targets. He was outside the top 80 in yards per reception, yards per out, and yards per target. Westbrook was also 44th in true target value. Okay, Chris Conley, on the other hand, he played 70 77% of snaps in 2019, only saw 10% in the slots. So he was lined up out wide. Most of the time. He saw 91 targets. He turned that into 47 catches, 775 yards, and 5 touchdowns. He was 13th in yards per reception and averaged over 16 yards per catch. Was 61st in true target value. Meanwhile, D.D. Westbrook ended his wide receiver 52. Chris Conley ended his wide receiver 40. I know I just threw a lot of numbers out there, so it might get a little confusing, but... D.D. Westbrook had way more opportunity, and Chris Conley was way more effective. And now LaVisca Chenault is entering the fold, and this is a dude who can play anywhere. At Colorado, he lined up out wide. He lined up in the slot, at tight end, in the backfield, Wildcat QB. The Jacks lined up with three wide receivers 68% of the time in 2020, and I don't see that changing much this season either. Now with Josh Oliver, who is a good run and pass blocker uh, undergoing foot surgery. They're probably going to try to get the three wide receivers out there, spread the offense, and I expect LaVisca Chenault not to be that outside guy. I think they're going to try to get him into space as well, DJ Chark into space, and I expect Chris Conley to be on the outside, doing what he did best last season, stretching the field. I think he could be like a Sammy Watkins of this offense at a massive, massive discount. He's someone I've been targeting late in best balls, going as wide receiver 90. He had a team option this year, and they didn't let him go. They re-signed him. They signed the team option to keep him there for another year. I think he's being a little undervalued here. I don't want D.D. Westbrook. LaVisca Chenault is a complete toss-up as well. If you want to take a shot on him in, like, the 16th, 17th round, go for it. The guy I'm targeting here, though, is Chris Conley in, like, the 18th round because at wide receiver 90, there's absolutely nothing stopping you from grabbing him, like, super late if you're in a really late league or if you're in a best ball league. And reaping the benefits because he's going to have some big games, in my opinion. I feel like Chris Connolly has all the tools needed to be a great player. Like, he's fast, he's big, he's talented, 
and he's just never put it all together. I'm rooting for Chris Connolly, the man. <laughs> but I don't know if I'm taking him in any of my... Of well, my I'm saying like the 18th, 19th round. So if you have deep benches or are in a best ball league, Chris Connolly is someone to target at the end of the draft. Because I guarantee you, he has two or three games where he goes 20-plus points. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Uh, let's go over to tight end. Tyler Eifert with Josh Oliver yeah, out Tyler, indefinitely. Josh Oliver is out. Tyler Eifert yep. all of a sudden. Look, this is a guy in Jake Rudin who not for nothing made Jordan Reed a star every time Jordan Reed was on the field. And then when Jordan Reed wasn't on the field, he had Vernon Davis, a guy who everyone thought was washed. Uh, he signed. He had to sign with the Redskins to be a backup. And all of a sudden, he's a fantasy viable player when he's in. So... A Jay Gruden offense is an offense that definitely uses the tight end. We've seen Tyler Eifert have success before. Our, he's not even being drafted right now. Like yeah. I can't even remember seeing him on any list. Is Tyler Eifert a guy that's being slept on right at the moment? Yeah, Come see, on, now we're man. talking up Tyler Eifert a little bit, but don't get us wrong. It's not we're not saying draft him in a one tight end league. But if no, you're but in a two tight end league or again, just keep an eye on like during yeah. the season. Like some of these guys are just like, all right, well, I'm not gonna draft him because it's not a good decision to, but I'm gonna keep this guy in my in my eye in my eye range. Not many people are checking for Tyler Eifert. If he scores a touchdown week one and you see he got ten targets and not a lot of people are looking for him that that might go overlooked, that's a guy I would pick up if he got ten targets in week one, hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, he's basically ten free targets, huh? In two tight in two tight end leagues. In two tight end leagues, I'd I'd give him a little bit of a closer look. He did end as tight end 21 last season, albeit he was 29th in points per game, but he played his f- finally played 16 games again. He was fully healthy the whole season. Jay Gruden, the Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis, like you said. So he's not someone I'm actively targeting, but someone I'm keeping an eye on. And in two tight end leagues, someone I'm maybe rostering as a third tight end, hoping for a resurgence of sorts. The Twins are mad at me because I use all of their one players away. So I'm not going to say it first this time. Go ahead, guys. Say the backup running back's name. <laughs> I'm going to go with LaVisca Chenault. How about that? That's not the backup running back. Just because DJ Truck's the real, like, the main weapon on that team. And if he were to go down, someone's going to have to catch passes. And we've seen D.D. Westbrook thrust into a bigger role. We've seen Conley thrust into a bigger role. They don't do much. So they'd probably give LaVisca Chenault a bigger look. I'm going to go Chris Conley. He was much better than if people Chark give him credit hurt, for. If Chark got hurt, you'd go Conley? He's much better than people give him credit for. I think he'd take that outside All right, spot. So in season, let's say it's week four, Chark gets hurt. I think Conley makes sense if we're looking at snap share and stuff. But right now, upside for the season, if Chark were to opt out, he can't opt out anymore, but I'm just saying. Right now... I'm leaning Chris Conley, yeah. Hmm. I'd go Chenault. Chenault's been hurting a lot in the last couple of years, and I don't even know if he's even practicing yet. So it's he's it's a little bit of a little bit of toss up with Chenault. Tim, now Chenault. you're up. and now Tim's uh, gonna take Rykel Armstead. And now I'm gonna take Rykel Armstead. I think it's obvious that it's Rykel Armstead. I do think a- I do want to say though about Armstead. If Fournette gets traded halfway through the season and Armstead becomes the de facto running back, you got yourself a running back to flex on your hands for free. Um, what is the odds that a running back gets traded midseason? So I mean, if the Jaguars if the Jaguars are one in five, 
And Leonard Fournette's being Leonard Fournette. I could see them just getting rid of him for a fourth-round pick. Hmm. He's, a free, he's a free agent at the end of the year. It would it would be interesting to see like who would be even uh, like interested. Did he get a seventh rounder for him? Maybe a seventh six. rounder. Not going seven. past five. They get like a. I mean, Trent Richardson got a first round pick. Man. That was an absurd trade. We all knew it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. All right. All right. So um, that is it for our Jaguars preview. Michael, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. Jason. At Brodo FFG. You can find me at BrotoFF Tim. See what we did there. Don't forget. Aren't you at BrotoFF Jason? Yeah, at BrotoFF Jason. Sorry. <laughs> Jason, you keep doing that. Dude. You can't even get your own name right. What's going on? You here? put it in and I come up. I'm Guys, verified, bro. Real quick. I'm joking about that. If you know us, you know we <laughs> randomly shout out the Mets. Robinson Cano just hit his second home run for the of the day. This guy is just an absolute hitting machine. He's like machine. the best hitter in the league. Is man, we I just had to say that. It's so strange because I as mean, Mets fans, we've been shitting on Robinson Cano. By the way, this is a good plug. Me and Michael, like not to talk ourselves up, but we are killing fantasy baseball. We've always killed fantasy baseball. We don't do it because we prefer to focus on fantasy football. But Michael does do rankings in the, the Patreon. Dugout. And $3 or up, you get access to those. And and just nonstop access to ask me questions. We have a couple patrons who do it, and I've been helping them with the waiver wire and things of that sort because we are absolutely crushing. Yeah. We really I are. I will say this. Michael's very good at fantasy I'm football. 21st overall in the Rasbowl right now in the baseball tournament, hoping to get up inside that top 10. Is there high-stakes baseball leagues? You've got to join those. There are, yes. Like FFPC, but for baseball? All right. I think Michael's a great fantasy football uh, guy. That's obviously why I, I do a podcast with him. But Michael is the best fantasy baseball player I've ever <laughs> met in real life. <laughs> not to say that you're not good, Jason. Ever but Michael's in real like, life. I won the championship yeah. because I beat Michael in a trade last year. Oh, snap. I helped Jason OD throughout the whole season because he, like, he was it's his first year of law school and stuff. He wasn't able to pay much attention to baseball. And he ended up beating me in the playoffs and winning the championship. I was like, I, I should get like half the or like 20% of the credit here. Shout out Word, first year quite, of law school. Quite, let's quite let's not let the me. people think I'm not putting in full effort. During finals week, I was the seventh overall ranker on Fantasy Pros. Boom. Shout out. True that. Reminder of a the grind week. and the hustle never <laughs> stops. Me and Jason were actually hanging out the, the other night. We were, and Jason Jason randomly goes, y'all mad proud of myself for being the seventh overall <laughs> ranker in all of Fantasy on finals week. That was a, a great accomplishment in my life. I'm like, you know what, Jason? You're right. It Pete was. Alonso That's just went deep, too. That second. is very impressive, Jay. That's his second as well. Very impressive. Thanks, Alex. All right. I think we've been rambling enough. <laughs> all right. Uh, next time we are coming to you and finishing the AFC South with the Colts. Later. Later. Peace.